1: Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented by Drafting Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. They've got an offer every football fan should jump on. New customers that use the code PHNX to sign up, can bet just $1 on any NFL game, and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point, which is pretty much a guarantee. Johnny, Frank, how are we all feeling right now? I know Frank is has been driven to drinking vodka out of a giant chalice. Where is it, Frank? Uh, no, like it's not there.
0: I didn't know that was part of the program, but here it is right now. <laughs> yeah. You it can't is.
1: show up you can't show up on this podcast with something like that and not show it off. What Look, in the heck, Frank? The
0: news of the day and the way the <laughs> what's going on right now in Cardinal Land is worth drinking out of a chalice right now. Thank I'm
1: with you. you. I'm with you, Frank. Cheers, girl. <laughs> uh so just moment ago it was reported Uh, by the team itself that Cliff Kingsbury has tested positive and will not be able to coach on Sunday. So that means uh, defensive coordinator Vance Joseph, assistant head coach and special teams coordinator Jeff Rogers. They're going to split the Cardinals head coaching duties Uh, and also quarterbacks coach Cam Turner and defensive lineman Uh, Zach Allen have also tested positive. So there you go. And that's on top of injuries and positive COVID tests that the Cardinals have already had this week. Where do we even begin?
2: Uh, It's very unfortunate. A day that started with much jubilation surrounding a a trade that we're going to get to here momentarily. Very disappointing. I'm sure for Cliff Kingsbury, not to be able to be with his teammates for Zach Allen coming off, maybe his best performance as a pro. It is just a cold reminder of the reality that we still live in. Um, First and foremost, we want to make sure that, you know, we wish them a a safe and healthy recovery, quick recovery. Um, But as far as the game on Sunday goes, I mean, this is a blow. Because Cliff Kingsbury has been coaching the best football, I think, of his career, certainly of his NFL career. And to have this opportunity taken away, um, you know, thankfully, you know, he's got two coordinators now. Maybe they're not head coaching material long term, but week to week, I, I think that they'll be able to follow the game plan. Think about it, The game plan's already been put in place. So can they Very follow true. the pattern of the game plan on Sunday effectively, specifically if you're Sean Kugler, who's got the task of running the offense? Shouldn't change anything defensively and, and, and on special teams. Those two coordinators are still lockstep ready to go. To me, it's how quickly can Sean Kugler and Kyler Murray get together over these next 48, 72 hours and find common ground. But I do think I'm not trying to be Mr. Silver lining here. The conditions for the game are supposed to be wet and windy and rainy. Cheers. And you're live in in, uh, Cleveland right now. That might play into the the hands of Sean Cooler, who historically as the run game coordinator wants to run the football. So not ideal. I hurt for Cliff Kingsbury, but they're going to have to make adjustments.
1: I will say that Cliff had his press conference earlier today. Maybe it was a good thing that I'm already in Cleveland because I, I didn't have to come in contact with him, but he had uh, his media availability that he attended to uh, seemed to be fine. He was a little short. I don't know. Maybe he was feeling a little under the weather. That's why he was short. He didn't seem that excited about getting Zach Ertz, which I don't know. Uh, but so at, at least we know that uh, it seems like he's, he's okay or at least asymptomatic or whatever with him be showing up to the facility today. Uh, You hope that with Cliff being around the team as early as today, though, that there's nothing more that comes out on Saturday uh, or Sunday before the game. But as it stands, I still think not having your head coach is, is a blow, even though you've got, you know, Vance Joseph with head coaching experience, which I'm, I'm sure that's one of the reasons why he is, you know, stepping into that role. But Listen, anytime you lose your head coach, anytime you lose a guy like Chandler Jones, now you've got Zach Allen also out, which adds to, which takes away even more depth. I, it, it it's a big blow. I mean, this team, this is by far, by far and away, the most adversity that this team has faced. Uh, I would say probably in, in the last two seasons.
0: I totally agree with you 100% on that, Tristan. Here, here's the funny thing uh, Vance Joseph could be the head coach interim yeah. right now. But in reality, watch this here. This is an offensive head coach team. And sometimes when we look at our defensive, defensive head coach teams or coaches that are or head coaches that are defensively minded, they coach, they motivate, they talk, they speak differently to their teams. And a coach that's offensively minded speaks and coach talk totally different across the board as of a t- Tony Dungy, who's a defensive minded coach, who speak differently. John Gruden. Using his name, who's an offensive-minded coach, Steve, uh, Sean McVay. They're offensive-minded coaches. They speak differently. The defense responds differently. So typically, you have a defensive-minded head coach in Vance Joseph, who speaks to his defense extremely well. He talks to those guys and speaks to them extremely well because he knows that I'm the head coach of the defense, and Cliff would be the head coach of the offense, and therefore we don't have to have we don't have to compete against what we're trying to do collectively, individually collectively as a group but individually with our with our with our players and I think right now that's going to be a transition um ling- linguistically wise hearing um what Vance has to say to this team totally different than what Cliff would say as a pre-game warm-up or as going out getting ready to you face your opponent so I would say from the standpoint of that the leadership has to stand up Kyler might start speaking more. JJ has to say something that might be different. Buddha has to speak a little differently. And D hop has to talk to us guys because at the end of the day, it's you still got to play football. JV, everything you said is absolutely right. The game plan is already put in play. Who's going to do what and how we're going to attack this team has been already established on what we're supposed to do, but it's not just status, how it feels when you're in the game. Can't, will you, how will you hear your coach? Or are you, you, you're so used to hearing what Cliff would say on third and three or third and one, or, or maybe let's go for it on fourth down. Vance might not speak the same language as Cliff would say. So, this team right now, honestly, mentally, we, we is really going to have to rely on the leadership of the guys that have been playing the last five weeks of football that has an idea of what Cliff would what, how Cliff would say, what he would say. And not only that, what's still expected of his team versus the Cleveland Browns on a, on a, on a trip. That's basically in a hostile environment.
1: So Jeff Rogers, special teams coordinator and assistant head coach will also, I I guess, help take over the head coaching duties. So they're going to tag team that. We also have some questions and comments that are coming in. Um, so I guess BZ, he says, or she says, how long do intensive protocols hold that may affect the team in consecutive weeks if those protocols must be held for, say, a month? I'm not sure what exactly you're asking about, but basically, if, as long as you're vaccinated and everybody, as far as I know, uh, within the Cardinals organization has been vaccinated or with the team has been vaccinated. So uh, you just have to have two negative tests within a 24 hour period uh, and then you can return. So that's that's how the, the protocols work. Um Uh, yes. Cardinals update. Yes. Jeff Rogers is going to help too. It's not going to be Vance Joseph. Um, and, um, Wyatt Kirk, AKA Debbie Downer says tomorrow, the team will be tested and we lose many more top players. That's just how it's going to go.
0: It's that is possibility. That's definitely on the table. Impossible. Um, again, you know what, we, we still got to go back and say that this thing is it only shows that it's really real that COVID is real and that it's, it's not just something that we we need to take for granted or take lightly, that the team that you, you you being a fan, loving your team and hoping that all will go well for Sunday is now being affected, which changes the narrative completely. So again, and ha, Cliff has been doing what Cliff has been doing. I mean, I don't think he's changed his game plan on how he's been living his life. and And now we're in a situation where we just, you know, that, we're in a situation where our team now and what we see on Sunday might drastically change, or excuse me, will drastically change from what we would normally see and what we've seen in the past on every Sunday going forward.
2: To me, it's just depressing because, you know, naively, uh, I thought we were kind of out of this possibility, especially this season in the NFL when you consider the Cardinals are 100% vaccinated, unless I'm not going to make it about vaccinated versus unvaccinated, but just from a football standpoint, Figure, okay right. they're in good shape they're protected so i think we
1: found out as soon as as soon as camp hit and and we had they had all the issues that they had during camp i knew that this that i i thought before camp i was like oh it's going to be a drastically different situation i mean the protocols that they have in place by the way at the facility let me just tell you what you have to do in order just to get to practice Yes, please so Everybody. So all media, just so this is outsiders. And so I'm sure that the players have their own protocols. I don't know if it's daily testing still or not, but I'm sure they're getting tested uh, at at minimum on a weekly basis. If not daily, it it sounds like it's probably daily though. So for media, just to, just to be able to come on to facility grounds, we have to have a COVID test every single week. We have to wear a mask at all times. And we're given a tracker that has our name on it that we have for the entire season that we pick up wow. and take with us. So if we come in contact with somebody that has COVID, they'll know, they'll be able to contact, contact trace through the trackers that has all of our information and our names attached to it. And so that's just for media to get into the building.
0: Wow. I mean, pretty, and, uh, pretty unbelievable. Wow, that is I I didn't know you guys had to really go through all that to make sure that you was able to stand in front of the the team. Um, But here's another here's a question. Are you guys doing virtual Um, by chance? Are you doing virtual uh, conversations? Or no? actually the players are literally sitting in front of you and you're talking to them probably with some distance. Am I right?
1: Yeah. So Mondays and Tuesdays, it's through Zoom. And it limits the amount of days that we're at the facility, and then Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday—that's in person, but it's all press conference style. So we're all sitting in seats, and they're up, you know, behind a table with okay. a microphone. So there's no more. We used to do like, you know, we used to have lock- at locker room access, we used to be able to hold a mic, you know, up to them. Um, but it is all regulated and distanced out. Um, so there is, you know, no, no contact with any of the players or the coaches. So that's how it works. And there's two days a week where we're still virtual.
0: Wow. Look, this is, uh, I, as you guys said earlier, this news is definitely, JV, you said it's depressing. I agree with you hundred percent, but there's still a football game that's got to be played.
2: That's true. There's Absolutely. Still, there's
0: a, there's a, I, a, go ahead, right ahead. There's a football game that's got to be played.
2: This is Kyler Murray's biggest stretch as a leader of this team since they drafted him because they're going to look at at number one this week without your head coach and say lead us especially offensively especially if cliff kingsbury misses multiple weeks with this uh i think that this is this is a kyler murray on the franchise type of 10 14 17 day period and so i i'm looking forward to seeing how he responds i feel like the defense Zach Allen, that's a blow. But I I feel like the defense is going to perform well because their coordinator's still there. They're getting both their corners back. I think it's, from an offensive standpoint, Kyler Murray taking ownership, I, I would imagine he's going to be allowed to do whatever the hell he wants Sunday, audible and out of stuff. Cooler's probably going to give him free reign. So I, I think if he, if he performs well and somehow wills this team to victory on Sunday, you talk about just a monumental, historic performance from the Cardinals' young quarterback. I mean, I it would give you so much increased confidence. And we already think a ton of Kyler Murray, but it would just take his reputation to the next level to overcome something like this.
0: I totally agree with you. This is a great time for him to, to show the leadership that 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 is on the table. Um, it's so crazy to be in this position and to see that everything that you thought that was just normal football has changed, And when you lose your head coach, you lose that voice. You lose something that's totally different. And I, I mean, not just Kyler will have something to say, but the other coaches that are probably that after this, such after having such a great start of a season, these guys also contractually will start coming up for their own potential moving uh, to, toward a head coaching job. This is also an audition for those guys just as well. So look, this team has been absolutely fabulous for the last couple of weeks, five weeks. I, that's why we're five and zero. Oh. Um, but I'm looking forward to watching this game and knowing that we have that the, that the guys that we put together, the leaders that we have on this team, the experience that we got right now can gel and still go into a hostile environment and pull out a win.
1: So Peter, uh, back, I believe, sorry, if I'm saying your name wrong, says if the boys pull it off without a head coach, is that an indictment on cliff or is that a plus for Kime and the leadership on the roster? But remember game plans already been put in place. So just. With that being said, what do you guys think?
2: I would say it is a plus for Kime and the leaders on this. This is why you have the leaders that you have, assuming they're all good to go on Sunday. I mean, God forbid we get some more positive tests here between when we're recording this Friday night and Sunday morning. J.J. Watt, A.J. Green, D.J. Humphreys, those guys are still going to play. And I think that Kyler Murray is now a rookie. He's third-year quarterback, been in the same offense since he arrived here in the spring of 2019. Uh, Cleveland's got a really good team, really good defense, but I, I think that it is not an indictment of cliff, but I also think that everybody rushing to Twitter now to make a big deal of this, especially from a national perspective perspective are big hypocrites because all they did was dog on cliff Kingsbury for the better part of the last 24 to 36 months. So you, you just, you can't win that argument. I would just say it would speak more about the culture. The Cardinals have created, if they can pull this off, if they can go into Cleveland, put together a winning performance, I think it's, it's, it's an it's a kudos to Michael Bidwell is, is what it is.
0: I, I, I'm going to go a little bit opposite of that, because I remember when Mark Tressman was in our in our in our offensive room, but he wasn't a head coach. And the things that Mark Tressman said was totally mind, mind changing, like mental changing, because, again, let's be honest, Cardinal fans and all of us across the board this is 5 and 0 oh, we haven't been here since 1974 we haven't seen this kind of talent or team or we've seen a good team put together but we haven't been here before so this is uncharted territory and then we can we can all start feeling odd to the point where we're okay with one loss and we can we can make excuses for this moment now in time now that we have more information that would allow us to make excuses but to me i don't know what cliff was saying in the locker room I don't know what words he said that made this team be special. I'll go back just a little bit, uh, add a little story to this here, is that when I was in college for my first two years, I went to school for Pat Dye. And then after Pat Dye, we ended up getting Terry Bowden. And my last two years, Terry Bowden used two words. The first year was audacity. The second year was audacious. And to me, it was like the whole year was, it takes audacity to, to do something that they don't believe you can do. And 1993, he went 11-0. And And all he kept saying was, every year we had to face somebody, it would take audacity, audacity. You have to believe that, you know know how big your cojones got to be to believe that you can go out and smack Florida and know that you're down by 17 points before the game even starts? And then we beat Florida in Florida. And they had never lost there. And so that, to me, I don't know what Cliff has been saying. All we've been asking for is Cliff to grow. And we we can see that talent um, schematically, Scheme wise, game plan, voice wise, and then also the the personnel, he's grown and adjusted. So, but I just don't know what he's been saying. And again, by the time he gets to the media, he's so Cliff. But we don't, I don't know what he's saying in the locker room. I don't know what he's saying specifically to those guys. So I'm not going to say, you know, it's the indictment of what, you know, in regards to it's an indictment on Cliff or it's because Steve Kine. I mean, a good team and winning and going undefeated right now where we are right now, it takes all piece, all pieces to believe and buy into the system. I just don't know what Cliff has been saying with that darling deep voice. He has that maybe he's saying something, one word or two words or a sentence that's resonating. And you guys might be able to speak to this more because you're in the media and he might be able to allow you to hear something. I just don't know what he's saying. So to me, I feel like that's something where, you know, I always, I said this before in college, we trust the you know we trust the coach, but in the NFL we trust each other, and I just don't know what he's been saying that will allow this team to be at this position right now. So I wonder what Cliff has been saying to this team that uh, that is a, that has allowed them to go out and continually play and be better than what they was the last couple of years that we see that it deserves on the Cardinals. I mean,
1: you would think that all the coaches and players are in alignment, so. You would think that whatever has, Cliff has been saying, that even in his absence, the team's going to continue to
0: you would think that right.
1: buy into it and, and move forward even without him. Um, you know, I worry a little bit about the play calling, but that's yeah. you know it, it is what it is. Um, and for some reason, I'm a little bit surprised by this. The Cardinals still three just three-point underdogs in this game, which is what they were for the last you know 48 hours. Um, so nothing has changed even without Cliff Kingsbury. I wonder if maybe if it will. Uh, but according to the sportsbook, or the DraftKings Sportsbook app, Cardinals remain three point underdogs in this game. Does that surprise you? I know Johnny, you're you're the you're the betting pro on this show. Yeah,
2: I I would not be surprised if that that uh ticket is removed from the draft. Right. They get the same right here in the next, you know, three to four hours. I was shocked after the news Five broke minutes. that it was still available, that you could get the Cardinals at plus three or the Browns at minus three, uh, which is I'm sure where a lot of the money's going right now. Um, so this is already going to be a very difficult game for the Cardinals. It just got even more difficult. I would imagine if, if it's not removed, it will go maybe to four, four and a half um in vegas typically no singular player is worth more than a point outside of quarterback i don't know how vegas views well i do i know how they view cliff kingsbury not favorably so i think if it goes up it'll maybe be a point point and a half i i would not be surprised i mean probably the right decision is just to remove it altogether because who knows i mean like we hope there are are no more positive tests and, and breaking news in the next 24 to 48 hours but i mean you would think they're traveling to, to Cleveland tomorrow, Chirsten and, and Frank. They're going to be testing them constantly from now until then, so they're not all cooped up on a plane together with a positive test, Lane Green. But it, it is just it's, – it's, it's unheard of, but at the same time, it is heard of. There were teams that went through this last year.
1: Well, if you want to get in on the action before it's removed or before the line changes, you can download the <laughs> DraftKings Sportsbook app. As always, use the promo code THNX. You're going to uh, get some free money in bets if you place a dollar bet on any NFL game this week. As always, though, 21 and over, Arizona only. Gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And real quick, before we get back to the Cardinals news, I uh, want to tell you guys about the promo that we have going on for our members. Buy any cardinal shirt, get one, get one fifty percent off. So you can add both of these collections these to your collection. Uh, Michaela, she has been sporting all of our shirts. It seems like lately, and she was wearing the uh, the cardinal standing on the football shirt today. And Man, she just looks so cute every single day she wears one of our shirts. I it, it she in and of herself makes me want to get one. But members get one buy one get one 50% off, but you don't have to be a member to get one. Always phxlocker.com anybody can buy a t-shirt. All right. So, what was going to be our news of Oh, wow, Frank.
0: I'm so ready. They called me early. I I already had my DraftKings on, but look. <laughs> I got my shirt. I got three of them. I actually they Michaela gave me this one. But I already already purchased two because I was so excited about the graphics. So look, I'm excited about it. I can't wait to wear mine. So you'll see me rocking this probably Sunday. And nice. in the next couple of weeks, you're gonna see me rocking a couple more. But look, that it's looks random. sharp. I know it's it flying, man. Look, and, and the material is real soft. It's real, it has that it has that polyester spandex material. It's not 100 percent cotton, so don't fall for that. This got that polyester spandex, has a soft feel to it. And I'm looking forward to rocking it. It's one of those ones that hug on you, JV. You know how you rock your shirt so I do. I you know do. what I mean. I that's do. and when you and I don't both don't call do. me out like that. Look, when the Cardinals win, we're gonna we're gonna have a we're gonna have a Hulk Hogan moment where we slitting and
1: <laughs>
0: you know, and then you gonna show your manscape. I'm gonna show my manscape, and then that's what we're there gonna do. Go. Whoop whoop!
1: <laughs> Can't wait, guys! Can't wait. I know. <laughs> yes, yes, like, you can. Uh, you, you can wait for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure I'm sick that I know I'm getting, all right, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> Zach Ertz, he, that news was supposed to lead our short show today, but, yeah. uh, the COVID news, old news. It. uh, old news by now. Yeah. So the Cardinals traded for tight end Zach Ertz in exchange for rookie cornerback, Tay Gowan and a 2022 fifth round draft pick. So, uh, that was a huge move. Cardinals got their tight end before, Johnny, I think you and I were just talking about, before we expected them to make a yeah. move. So Zach Ertz, uh, a big-time name now in Arizona Cardinal.
2: It's a move that's been six months in the making. Uh, they had interest in the offseason, as did Buffalo, the Chargers, <laughs> the asking price at the time. In March, uh, Howie Roseman was looking for a second-round pick uh, for a player that's 31, great player still, in a cool. contract year, and they have Dallas Goddard. In house, So it didn't make any sense. Cardinals were definitely interested and opt to pass the time because of the asking price. Fast forward to the season that a lot of people assume Philadelphia would have, not very good, rebuilding team, and they already have one capable tight end, and they finally opted to pivot, which which I think is funny because, you know, the Max Williams injury happens um, almost a week ago, and then Dallas Goddard goes on the, the COVID list, so he can't play against Tampa. So I'm putting together my Max Williams article about, you know, potential solutions. I didn't even consider Ertz because I'm like, well, I had to trade Ertz while well, Goddard's out with COVID and they just beat Carolina. They're two and three. They're sniffing around. So while I always just assumed that it was a, a good match and I, you know, talked about it throughout the duration of the offseason. God knows people follow me on Twitter. I wouldn't shut up about it. I thought it was a great fit. He's got ties to Arizona, contract year, it culminated over really the past 24 hours, they had dialogue yesterday. He played. He got showcased in that game last night against Tampa, caught a touchdown. And then this morning, uh, it, it was it was consummated for a mere. I guess it would be if it happened yesterday, a fifth and a future fourth ended up being a fifth. And Tay Gowan, who is a six round pick, but but playing well, developmental corner that we we all like. But at the end of the day, it is a massive pickup. You can't replace what Max Williams brings to this locker room, certainly his blocking and physicality. Zach Ertz is, if you talk about the best tight ends the last five to seven years, it's Kittle, Kelsey, and Zach Ertz. right? He averaged over 800 yards for the better part of five-plus seasons. He's still a great red zone threat. He brings a different dynamic that you're going to be able to exploit one-on-one coverage with. It is a win-now move that I didn't think they'd make until, Cheerson, like you and I mentioned, maybe closer to the deadline, Kudos to Steve Kime. I did not see this coming this early. And the fact that they got him for pennies on the dollar, I mean, it's the kind of move where you feel like not only is it going to help you get in the playoffs, but it's going to be a differentiator. A Zach Ertz fourth quarter touchdown to help you, you know, get to the divisional round, to get to the NFC title game. That's why they made this move. And, you know, it's an all-in move that, man, I was excited to talk about until about 45 minutes ago, and then things (laughs) changed. But nonetheless, huge pickup.
0: Anytime you can bring somebody on your team, the only thing you ask for is a veteran that knows that still has some game left and someone that could honestly bring something to the table. And that's what you just got. You got somebody that can bring something to the table. A little bit shy of, you know, 600 catches uh, career-wise as a tight end in NFL. A little bit less than 7,000 yards. But look, there's things that he
1: brings.
0: I mean... (laughs) There's things he brings to the table that will be absolutely a good replacement for Max Williams. Max was still growing and figuring out what he was going to bring to the table. Uh, unfortunately, you know, we saw a lot of good things out of him this year, um, and unfortunately got hurt. But you're bringing someone in that literally can replace him. Uh, probably not as not a better blocker, but definitely brings him to the passing game and a name and somebody a number you have to you have to put on your on your bulletin board to pay attention to. Um, if I'm a receiver, I'm just as excited. Everything he does in on the field, he makes every catch. He can block. He, I mean, he has good speed. He's a presence on the football field, and that's all you want. And if you can get another body that can take away, that can change the mindset of a defensive coordinator to make him now have to play more zone or realize he can't play man-to-man against us, then to me as a receiver, I, I mean, every receiver right now is 100% ecstatic because they know – they brought another name that has to be paid attention to. And therefore, DeAndre Hopkins will not be – he won't be double-teamed. A.J. Green won't be double team, And that, to me, says something to what right now we're adding the pieces to the puzzle. And right now, it's it's a lot of stuff that's going on conversation-wise. But going forward, we will all see the benefits of that decision. And again, a fifth-round pick, like, I mean, you're talking about a second round earlier. That's what they was asking for. But Steve is absolutely fabulous. Like your hand to, if you're Philadelphia. Right? I mean, if you're, if you're Jalen Hurts and you're at Philadelphia and you just lost your number one, you just lost your number one, basically your number one tight end, that to me says, what are we doing? Like, I'm asking myself now, what are we doing? Because you just got rid of, I got Smith, my Heisman Trophy guy, and I got him. These are my two best that I know for a fact that's going to get open. And you just got rid of him and traded him to the Cardinals for a cornerback. Like and who's not a non-playing cornerback who hasn't played in the NFL yet? So that to me is Philly is showing us right now what they're doing, but the Cardinals is showing us what they're what we're doing, and that's a good thing right now.
1: Yeah, Tay Allen hasn't been active for a single game. He has a he's gonna. I I feel like he is going to have. Uh, a a bright future ahead of him in the league Mm -hmm. and he's going to have success. Johnny and I talked about uh, how big of fans of just the person he is and we wish him all the best, but two things that stand out to me, I guess the biggest thing that stands out to me with, with Zach Ertz is he's the kind of guy you want in your locker room. And I think that's important, especially when you have a good group of guys with great chemistry and they're already bought in on the same goal. Zach Ertz is a guy that's going to work his tail off. He's not going to be beaten when it comes to his work ethic. That's the kind of guy you want. And he's, he's a good guy. He's, I mean, you, he, he almost reminds me of a kind of a JJ Watt. And it's funny because they both have wives that play professional soccer for the same team in Chicago. Uh, but he remind they, they remind me uh, of each other where they are both very involved in the community. They both have great heads on each on their shoulders, just humble, great guys that you want in your locker room. And, and to me, at this point, is that's another thing that's really important important when you're bringing a key piece into your locker room at this point in the season.
2: I totally agree. And I I don't think it's hyperbole to say it's almost the equivalent of bringing on J.J. Watt. J.J. Uh, Watt, who is in his 30s, just like Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz had multiple championship runs with Philadelphia, one of which culminated with the Super Bowl where he had, I think, at least one touchdown against the Patriots. You talk about how critical that is for this team to be able to lean on a player like that down the stretch when they're competing against the Rams for the division and potentially getting into the postseason and making a run of their own in the NFC. And to have somebody like that for Kyler Murray and company to lean lean on. You know, as much as I love Kyler and Christian Kirk and Rondell Moore and DJ Humphreys, these guys haven't had – playoff success yet really in, in unless you're you're counting Humphreys as a rookie in 2015 with that team that went to the MC title game in which he was inactive a lot they needed a jail guy like this I think to help them look past just the rigors of the regular season and have playoff and championship aspirations and I, I'm right there with you Cheerson. I I don't think it can be overstated the kind of impact he can have from a leadership standpoint I mean, you watch him in that press conference today saying goodbye to the Philadelphia media. I mean, it was, it was gut-wrenching to watch how much he cared for that city that he now calls his home when a lot of people were texting him, hey, you get to go home, you get to go back to the West Coast. He said, no, Philadelphia is my home, and I have immense respect for this organization. Cardinals are fortunate to get this player caliber of character, the fact that he wanted to come and play here. Now, I think they were probably giving him some options as to where to look, And maybe he said, Arizona is the only place I'll go. And maybe that's why we don't know that. Maybe that's why Kime was able to put this together for relatively cheap, but it's a player that I think of course has an opportunity to help this year. It's a free agent by all and large, he wants to stay and be a part of this nucleus going forward. And that's all you can ask for. That's the kind of culture that they want to build. where star players want to come here and stay here.
1: So two side notes on that. Um, not that it necessarily played a huge role or any role at all, but he did mention that his former teammate, Jordan Hicks, was was recruiting him all week <laughs> long. So he was talking up the team and, and, hey, come join what we're trying to do here in Arizona. And then the other thing is his wife, Julie, actually is from Arizona. She went to Dobson High School. Um, and I think after that, some sort of like prep high school, um, but she's from the area so this you know is a homecoming for her so there's two other side notes you know his good friend is playing in arizona you know on top of arizona having an incredible roster and they're playing well
0: thank you that's 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 the point right there he that's knows
1: why he a side note Frank. i mean it's all, all those things,
0: i got it those are all great points at the end of the t- if you got a chance to come to a five and o team with a quarterback that's that has all the skill sets and you and he's played with talented quarterbacks that can run and throw. And, but the how, I mean, he's not played with a Kyler Murray at that speed, but I mean, he knows right now he's, he's coming to a team that affords him the best opportunity to get back to the dance. And I honestly, if that was me, if I was sitting in Philly and it's about to be about 20 to 30 degrees consistently and it's, and it's going to just yeah. get worse and uglier and, and just, And you know that what they're about to do to your quarterback, to me, I would have immediately jumped to this chance to come to the Arizona Cardinals um, because I know right now this team is the hottest team. But not only that, they have great leadership, and they're they're heading in the right direction.
2: The the character of the players they brought in is just – you can't give Steve Kime enough enough credit. You talk about bringing in the right guys to get this team over the hump. He is pushing – I wrote an article, shameless plug, gophnx.com – about Steve Keim and the fortification of this roster. That was before the Earth's news and the COVID news, unfortunately, tonight. But he has fortified this roster to the point where they're not top-heavy. They can go multifaceted, flexibility, positional flexibility, and I just can't say enough good things about the leadership.
1: So does does this trade tell you guys that the Cardinals are all in on making a playoff push or a run for a title?
2: I would say to solidify themselves as a top seed in the NFC and to win the division. I think the moves they put in place in the off season were to get them over the hump, to get to double digits and however they got into the postseason, they would not be happy with, but they, they, they didn't make the playoffs last year. So the goal is to make the playoffs. Now you beat in LA. We had to see you do it. They're five and zero. you lose a key cog in Max Williams. I think it's a, let's go get the number one seed in the NFC and let's get home field advantage throughout the playoffs. That's what I believe it represents.
0: The knock on the team in the past was that we were not getting the players that we totally needed. And when we had a chance to get those players and literally over the last couple of years, we've seen that transitional change. And I don't know if it was because it was all in on cliff and everything he needed, or it was all in on cliff and Kyler show and realizing that this could be something absolutely pretty special but in the last couple of these last couple of years have been the the diagram and the diabolical moment of it <laughs> yeah, we can go out with oh, that what plan. that, that what plan. we can, the world. I said it was diabolical I mean, you know hold, on your cha- hold on your
1: skeleton that. chalice when you I do mean, that.
0: oh when i do that my bad <laughs> but it seems when you have those moments again 3 years ago there was somewhere clear. Um, with Steve Kime that happened and it would look like everybody was like fire Steve. We never had an offensive line. That was always an argument. He he hadn't put together an offensive line as supposed to be the offensive line guru. He's had multiple first round picks that didn't pan out and all these conversations. But now, you know, and again, with experience should come wisdom, right? With experience should come wisdom. And Michael has been 100 percent committed to Steve Kime the whole time he's been here. Um, He's protected him and also allowed him to have carte blanche at what he wanted to do with the team. And, and they, and then in some moments have been successful and the fans, I mean, they've been chiming in pretty, pretty readily. We appreciate that guy for your comments, but right now where we are and what has been happening has been, you know, the drawing board of, you know, watching you go get the first round draft pick and Kyler bringing Cliff with him who coached him before, watching what this team has been able to produce and then adding pieces to the puzzle. And right now it's like, you know, as, as we said before, he's been playing a great game of poker and putting great cards in a, in the right spot. No pun intended on the Cardinals name, but in truth, the cards have been falling our way specifically. And right now it's showing on the field. And I actually, I mean, he is, it's coming together and it looks good. And I know the fans, and I know the people who've been watching can absolutely say the same.
1: Well, while I was checking my DraftKings Sportsbook app a little bit earlier in the show to make sure that the the line was the same and had it changed, I realized that I'm in Cleveland. So, I can't use the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Oh no. App. What? I know. Yes, yeah, so if anybody is traveling to Cleveland or leaving the state of Arizona, get your bets in before you leave.
0: Look, Great if point. you need me to put, point, put something yeah. in for you, holler at me. I got you. <laughs>
1: I'll have to Just have Venmo my, uh, Frank
0: with some interest.
1: My guy, <laughs> I've got my guy in Arizona. If anyone, you know, <laughs> How <they had> <laughs> um, as always uh, you can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use the code PHNX, place a dollar on any NFL game. We're going to get $100 in free bets instantly. It's safe. It's secure and you can deposit and withdraw your money at any time. Johnny, take it away.
2: Of course. Well, you know, when we have these remote shows specifically, and we've got the camera close to our faces, I like to make it a priority. I run into the bathroom. You guys don't know. This is my routine. I run into my bathroom. I bust out the Manscaped lawnmower 4.0. I get it going on my ears, my eyebrows, underneath my nose. I'm not ashamed to say this. I'm man enough to use Manscaped at manscaped.com. Promo code PHNX, you're going to get 20% off site-wide. You're also going to get free shipping. And just because we're in this virtual setting doesn't mean that I'm not smelling good using the Manscaped Body Wash. They've got so many different unique items that can help you look your best that I happen to use regularly to prepare for you, America, on our fine PHNX programming. That's manscaped.com, promo code PHNX, free shipping, site-wide, 20% off. You'll love it.
1: So we created Friday's Four Downs before, uh, you know, the Cliff News and I guess all the COVID news broke before we went on air. So our Friday's Four Downs that we created this afternoon was... Of course, it's a battle between two former Oklahoma quarterbacks this weekend, one hoping to silence critics, which is Baker Mayfield. Round top running back Nick Chubb will not play in this game on Sunday. The Cardinals will be without Chandler Jones, Rodney Hudson, and of course, as we know, the others we already talked about. Uh, Byron Murphy, Marco Wilson, Jordan Hicks, all game-time decisions. And the Cardinals, as we mentioned already, They've been underdogs every road game except Jacksonville this year and remain three-point underdogs. So where do we begin here? Uh, let's start with Nick Chubb being out on this game. So the so the Cardinals aren't the only ones that are going to be without top players. Nick Chubb, uh, their top back and, and the leader of this potent running attack is not going to be active on Monday.
0: Thank or you. Sunday. <laughs> I'm not going to say – Thank you, but look, I've been watching this guy. I literally sat at the house this morning watching nothing but film, recanting all the way back from game one of the Cleveland Browns, and that's what you have to do. We're at week week six right now, but mostly every NFL team goes back about four weeks to watch and study what the team, our opponents have been doing. Look, everything that Cleveland does offensively is absolutely amazing. When I say that I don't say it crazy, I said amazing. Like you can go back, watch the highlights of what they do, what they bring to the table. They are running counters with the running backs, they're running dives, they're running sweeps, they're running screens, they're running, I mean, they're, they're, they're doing little quick tosses to the running backs, and these guys are absolutely amazing. Nick Chubb not being there is only an advantage to the Arizona Cardinals. And I tell you what, that I'm happy because that made me concerned. Just watching what they do, these guys are able to catch out of the backfield. Um, They block, they chip block extremely well on the the outside of the defensive ends. We talked about that a week ago where if a defensive end is really, he's a very good defensive end. He's normally used to going on the outside of the uh, tackle. A running back or a tight end will come and just chip block him and put him back inside. These guys do it extremely well. I watched him do it extremely well against the Chargers with Nick Bosa, and it changed his path. I'm glad that Nick is not there. So, to me, that is that's that should probably make the plus three, plus four, maybe go down one because he is definitely a factor. He would be a factor in this game.
2: Well, it's also worth noting too that uh, they may or may not play, but both tackles, starting tackles for the Browns, did not practice today. Yep. So, so take that for what you will. Uh, I think it's a huge deal outside of Derrick Henry. I think Nick Chubb is the best pure running back runner in the NFL and the Cardinals would have had to play and they're going to still need to tackle well, but have their best tackling game of the season. It gives the Cardinals a definite advantage. Uh, Kareem Hunt has not had a full workload uh, since the better part of last year and still very capable, but just a different kind of runner, more of a slasher. I think a more prolific receiver, but not the in-betweens tackle runner that, that Nick Chubb is. Um, they're gonna run, I would imagine, a similar variation of what they did last week with their 3 3 now with Zach Allen out. I think you could see a defensive line of of Watt, probably Corey Peters, and Lecky Fotu played really well last week, like his best game as a pro. So I think he gets the start opposite Watt. And then you'll have your three um three inside linebackers and in Hicks, Simmons, and Xavier Collins. Now you've got your secondary back. You can bring Simmons closer to the line. My, byron murphy marco wilson are going to play they're in a better position even without zach allen with their defensive coordinator still intact and as the co-head coach in this game to, to to stymie this this offense for cleveland yes that exploded last week but played a really close game against houston hasn't been overly impressive at times this year baker mayfield has four touchdown passes on the season. I think if you're Vance Joseph, similar to what we saw last week with Trey Lance, you stack the box and you say Baker Mayfield without Jarvis Landry, go and and beat us through the air, push the ball downfield. Well,
1: they could have um, him. They could. There's a chance that he might be back. But we'll know by. Jarvis Landry is back. Yeah, he's designated okay. to return, and so we'll know by tomorrow at four o'clock Cleveland time uh, gotcha. whether or not. And I know I only know that because I've been listening to the uh, sports talk radio here in you can Cleveland, do your so they can, They've That's been right. talking a lot about it. And you know what they've also been talking about, though? And I do, uh, Johnny, go ahead and finish your thought. I,
2: no, 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 let's hear it.
1: So, the other thing that I, I woke up this morning, got my cup of, co- cup of coffee, turned on the radio, and they were basically defending Baker. Apparently, he's, I mean, if you listen to people here in Cleveland, like he's getting a ton of flack. I mean, a ton Mm. of flat. So this morning they were defending Baker and they they basically said, you know what? We're so used to being miserable here. We forgot how to be positive. So let's turn this entire show into all the reasons that we have to be positive. And you know, the one thing they focused on the run game and we have Nick Chubb. And that was what I listened to for like, 45 minutes. It was like, yeah. we've got Nick Chubb, uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, the best uh, running duo in the, in the NFL. And, and they were like trying to hype themselves up all morning about like, and that was the one thing they kept falling back on. And then later in the day, it's kind of interesting. They had a, a little bit of like a, just a, a roller coaster week uh, in Cleveland as well. Um, but yeah, they were, they just kept talking up Nick Chubb in the run game. And then later in the day, Nick Chubb is, is not going to be out there on Sunday. So how about that, Cleveland fans? I don't think they're feeling pretty good today.
2: No, it is It is interesting. Baker Mayfield in a redraft in that infamous 2018 class, which unfortunately included Josh Rosen, uh, Baker Mayfield might be a first-round pick. He might not be. He's not going number one. Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson are, are going one, one and two in some kind of combination. I think that's where a lot of the contention is with the outside media Rightfully so. Baker Mayfield should not have been a number one pick, and I think he's a capable, good quarterback that needs a strong supporting cast, which he's gotten from the benefit of being on that rookie contract. So they've loaded the roster up, right? They, they go out and they get Jack Conklin at right tackle, and they get Joel Batonio, their left guard, who's a stud. They overpay for Austin Hooper. They trade for Odell Beckham. They load up their defense. They have Jadavion Clowney. They're doing a little bit what the Cardinals are doing uh, this offseason, except we all know Kyler Murray's a better player. And the hope is eventually Kyler Murray can carry this franchise while making, you know, $200 million. That's the concern with this Browns team, that they'll always have a ceiling to some degree with Baker Mayfield. And it's like, you know, I'm not trying to knock on Cleveland and the city of Cleveland, but they have self-esteem issues, right? Especially like when LeBron left, they view Baker Mayfield as like one of them. Like somebody who's undersized, doesn't have the strongest arm, but just makes the most of what he has and is just getting ripped on by the national media. And it's us against the world. So I... I agree with you. I think that at the end of the day, he's very capable. He's certainly capable. You want a playoff last game at Pittsburgh. That is complete, you know, hyperbole for this franchise to go on the road in the postseason and win, much less, you know, get to the playoffs. So I think he's very competent. I also think that on a field with Kyler Murray, he could be made to look very average. So the hope is that Vance Joseph and the defense is humming. So the Cardinals can force Baker Mayfield, who is a little bit dinged up, into some mistakes. And Kyler Murray in this offense can get things going. Because I would venture to say, even without Cliff and Rodney Hudson and Max Williams, two consecutive below-average performance for for this offense, I I just don't see it in the cards.
0: You know, Um, I I think that – I think Baker has been – if you're in Cleveland listening to the conversation of how can we talk positive about our team, and then yet they don't use Baker as one of the conversational pieces, that to me is um, that's crazy. Because your quarterback, who's your first round draft pick, supposed to be the guy. They've given him everything he wants, but I think that I like everything you've said, JV. And I like to add that he doesn't have to win. It. I think they're trying to build a, a franchise that says he doesn't have to win it by himself. And all the, the other pieces. Test, go ahead. If he,
2: if, if he hit the open market, how many teams would run out and sign him to a max deal? What equates to a max deal in the NFL? 150 guaranteed. 150 million guaranteed. That's the question I think you have to pose yourself if you're if you're a quarterback needy team. I don't think many would. And I think that that's the the logical pushback.
1: So we had a – go ahead, Frank. Go ahead.
0: No, no. He's right. Absolutely. Go, go right ahead. <laughs>
1: Frank, did you have something to say?
0: I had nothing to say. JV has the answers. JV, is he up for contract or did he get a new contract before? He is. Oh, is, he is he this is not last year. A contract. He, he is, has not.
2: He is, he, they, he got his fifth year option picked up, which he will play on next year. That is the big point of contention as to whether or not they should pay him and how much. And how much that's, does Baker Mayfield think he's worth?
1: It's literally what I was going to say because Carl I am so sorry. Cardinals update asked, does Baker have a new contract yet? And Johnny, you answered it. No, he doesn't.
2: He doesn't.
0: No. Hey, look, We're this still is the fun
2: of this three-person this... remote
0: thing. Give us. No, a... no, this is cool. This is great. How, how cool? How I think this is the part where the NFL has to start redefining themselves. Quarterbacks are at the the top end, top tier quarterbacks have the process right now making between 30, 33 and $42 million. And you have to ask yourself if you're not the goat and the goat's not making $42 million. Then what the hell are we doing? Like Kyler's about to get a new contract, but if you look at the if you look at like the most exciting, absolutely exciting quarterbacks in the league, we have to kind of, we have to kind of there's there's such a disparity. And those that are really exciting and you know can bring your team or take your team to the next level. And right now there's a bunch of guys who just because they're starters, they're getting this type of money. So that that is a conversation where Baker's probably one of those guys because he's a starter he, conversation-wise, he's probably not worth that money. And that will probably bring back that that number down a little bit for what, what they're paying quarterbacks.
1: Well, I said this yesterday or two days ago when it was just me and Johnny. Um, I think banker's a talented quarterback. I think it's really hard to find a franchise quarterback that's going to take you to a Super Bowl. I mean, I think... The biggest obstacle that Cleveland faces, and you kind of alluded to it, Johnny, is you're just not going to find a whole lot of players, especially like a big name, you know, number one overall pick that's got an ego that's going to want to come to a city like Phoenix, or Phoenix, Sorry, <laughs> like Cleveland. <laughs> yes, they do want to come to Phoenix, but you, like, you, you, you're Cheers, not gonna, it's an example. <laughs> you don't you don't want to go to Cleveland though. and trust me, I I grew up there. I get it. I understand it. Um, for a lot of reasons, it's a smaller market. It's uh, it snows here. It's cold, it rains, it's gloomy. Uh, I flew in last night and all day today. Um, I basically just stayed inside. I had plans to go out and go downtown and, you know, go for a run this morning and it was raining all day. And so anyway, there's just, and then, and then you get into ownership and all that other stuff, which we won't get into, uh, Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns are not an attractive team to most star quarterbacks. Let's just put it that way. And that's why they've had 500 in the last 15 years.
0: If if I'm Baker, I keep myself in that that average position, not average performance-wise, but I keep myself in a in a position where contractually I can continually bring players in that might will change the narrative. Because on the outskirts, when you're looking at the talent that's actually surrounding him, it's absolutely a, it's a ton of talent that uh and he one of the guys, NFL uh NFL AZ Cardinals are talking about. He looks like Tannehill, and I and I agree. He doesn't look like he doesn't look absolutely special even though he has Derrick Henry. And then what What did Tennessee do with Tannehill? They gave him a bunch of talent on the outskirts, and then the defense is still pretty special. Cle- Cleveland looks the same, but if I'm him, if he takes a $40 million contract or a max contract, as JV's been saying, it's going to definitely dismantle this team, and you're not going to be able to play, pay all these guys that kind of money. But if he really wants to make a change and to change Cleveland, like a LeBron, which is, I know, Blast me in the statement I just made. However, in trying to compare him to that. But in re, in regards to taking Max money, Braun couldn't do that because he wanted to bring other players in. And I think if if Baker wanted to do that, this is not a PHNX Browns car podcast, but since they were our opponents, I would still say if if that's something that he wanted to do, um, I would say I would take less and put money other places and have it where I have to fight for it so I can keep pieces around me that will make me look good. And I think that sometimes it's always the, the caveat or the the challenge between taking contract money and then losing your actual star players, because most of the players that take big money don't necessarily lose their star players and then they become very average or they look average.
1: Queensland, this is for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> on the, on the lines of Baker Mayfield with, you know, moving on from the Browns themselves. Um, I do think that he feels, he probably feels the pressure on him. And now without Nick Chubb, I think that he's going to have a little something to prove and probably he's feeling it. I think that we're going to potentially see a big showing from, baker and odell beckham and that's something those that tandem has had had criti- has been criticized as well just them not gelling this year um so i think that uh there's going to be a little bit of emphasis uh on those two players
0: as you said yeah, the weather would be pretty tempting oh go ahead jv
2: no go you're, ahead, good. JV. you're good uh, oh. byron murphy's got a tall task coming back from injury last week and be impaired with with odell beckham mm-hmm. assuming that that that's who he's matched up against or if it's Robert Alford, but I think the Cardinals secondary is playing as well as any unit on the team right now. Jalen Thompson, Buddha Baker, Robert Alford. Now you get your two young corners back. You got Simmons who's interchangeable back there. That's going to be difficult. If the Cardinals are able to, to force Baker Mayfield into second, third and long, whereas last week it almost seemed like the Cardinals were allowing Trey Lance to have certain runs to, to try to knock him off his game to, force him into throwing the ball when he didn't feel comfortable doing that Baker Mayfield is not an athlete playing quarterback and he's certainly not the athlete that Kyler Kyler Murray is where he can just take off so if you force him into longer passing downs that's not going to be a good place for him especially with both of his tackles banged up so another big week on deck for the secondary that I think could have some opportunities for some turnovers
1: Frank
0: oh um, yeah sure Everything JV said, I'm I'm on I'm on board with. Totally. We keep
1: talking over each other, so I figured I'd pause and give you the chance to talk before I said something more. No, I mean
0: I, I look the the passing game right now has been dismal for that team. They have not looked special at all. Um, they they have they still have talent on the outskirts. Look, that tight end is no slouch. They bring both of their tight ends in, and they pass and they run a lot of screen plays to uh, to both tight ends as well as the running back. So. If you're a team that's trying to get a ton of pressure on these guys or trying to get a ton of pressure on Baker, they find other ways to get, get the ball to guys. Here's the challenge. Baker really hasn't been playing well. He has been missing receivers that have been 100% open. Uh, with the, with the, the ability to score touchdowns, um, he has missed reads, and they've been right in his face because he's looking for the big play. So he hasn't been playing great football. And I've watched I mean, I've been studying him all day in the last couple of weeks just so we can get ready for this game um but in reality i mean our team has to be able to look at the other the other pieces of the puzzle if the weather is um challenging um if it's wet or if it's slightly cold it adds a different factor to the to the game um our defensive backs are better than their defensive backs across the board i i can definitely say that so I like our I like what we are right now in the secondary and what we bring to the table. I'm looking forward, forward to what how Vance could could create some defensive schemes that will uh be a little bit more different from what he's seen in the past. The last couple of weeks he's faced two good two good defensive fronts that have been able to try to challenge him a little bit and he hadn't been special like again. We're talking about only four touchdowns from the quarterback to the receiver position and that in itself is probably one or two from a running back and then one from a tight end and the other two from receivers. So that's pathetic for starting quarterback in the NFL. So I don't think that he's going to get better versus our team. I really don't. I think if it gets, if it becomes a muddy game and not having Nick, they're going to try to run hunt and um, Felton, they're going to bring him into the game to add a little bit more spark spark to the, to what the offense can do because they still need a win. And the win is against a five and O team that has been pretty special. Um, What this news between cliff and what we bring to the table, how much will that empower them to think they can beat the Cardinals? It might add a little bit, but Baker's still Baker, and I don't like him.
1: (laughs) Well, I just checked uh, before I came out here. The forecast said that it had a high chance of rain on Sunday, and I'm checking it now. I'm on weather.com, and it says good site yes i do not know how reliable this site is but it says weather.com so i feel like that's where you go to get your weather right <laughs> um it's down I'm
2: to on six- dictionary.com right now
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's down to 16 percent chance of rain uh with winds at 20 to 30 miles per hour so there you go
2: it's gonna be hard for them to 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 move the ball in the air if it's if it's raining. So how does that change the Cardinals game plan? Before Cliff was jet-setted with with COVID protocols, he was at this press conference today. I know Cheerson, you had the bye. He was basically like, Hey, I don't know if it's gonna change our game plan. Mm-hmm. Well, now, Cliff, you're not gonna be there. We don't know who's gonna call plays as of uh 7 p.m. on Friday night. So I would imagine that you're going to see a lot of James Conner and Chase Edmonds on, on Sunday. That would be my
0: guess. <laughs> there's, we didn't pause, there's no <laughs> There's no tape delay. We just paused on a second. I would like I would like to see Chase Edmonds more in the backfield. I think he brings a different kind of spark to the game plan, something of what San Diego Chargers, I mean, excuse me, the Los Angeles Chargers uh, running back did against those guys. He had a little bit more uh, agility. They were really focused on Cleveland Browns defense. Does this here? They set up the they their whole mentality is to stop the run on the way to the pass. All they want is sacks. They all all they want to do is dance at the end of the sack and you know showboat a little bit because they got all these these high name guys. But in reality, they have no concern about the running game. That's why teams have run very well against this Cleveland Brown defense. So in truth, I like I would like to see James Conner as well as as Chase Edmond do what they do in our backfield. But I don't think looking at their receivers and watching what uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, LA Chargers was able to do against those guys. that are right? It is the LA Chargers, right?
1: You're good. I know it sounds weird, it but you're it right. Sounds, it you're
0: sounds right. weird when you say the couple. So the LA Chargers, man, it, um, it literally looked like their big receivers was able to dominate their average size cornerbacks. And I don't think it should change our game plan in that regards because I mean, whether it rain or the ball is wet, if, if we've done, we done our due diligence, our receivers seem to have web hands. I mean, their hands seem to be very big and able to make all the catches. So I look forward to us keeping that game plan the same. The idea is that which uh, in regards to our Cardinals, our, our Cardinal team, who will show up and how would our leaders stand up and take the reins of Cliff's not here, but what are we going to do? We already know what we're supposed to do. How are we going to do it? I had a note that thought this earlier today, too, which I like. I'm so glad that in week six we're playing in Cleveland and that we're 5-0 going to Cleveland because, in reality, everything we've been trying to fight for and want to get to, again, I said this earlier, this is all new territory for us. This is a position where you can start feeling timid and fearful and listening to all the mainstream conversations of it's time for the Cardinals to lose, how great the Browns are. But in reality, the idea is this conver- the, the here. I'm so glad we're playing Cleveland because there are really no distractions. Like you said, there's nothing really amazing about Cleveland. The weather is not great. It's not a lot to do in the city. Nobody really wants to fly to Cleveland. Imagine if we was in Miami. Imagine if we were going to play the Dolphins. Imagine if we was going to New York everybody would want to go to new york i swear to god i would circle if tristan if i could have got on the plane with you i would not want to get on the plane with you if you was going no but if you're going to miami
1: you'd take a positive covid test look 100 or hamstring
0: i'll pull my hamstring on the way coming upstairs because i would say i do not want to go to cleveland look (laughs) hey that's the truth but if you was going to miami Look, hey, Saul, hook me up, bro. Look, right, she need... those
1: are fighting words. My grandma just came. I'm, I'm staying with my granny, and she just came down. Big Cleveland fan. Never wants to leave Cleveland. She just came down. She's giving you dirty looks. Uh,
0: grandma, look, I, I, you started it there. Your your legacy's there. Look, rep Cleveland all the way to true and true brown Browns forever, baby. But uh, if you get a chance to go to Miami, and see how the other folks are living in Miami there's a condo with your name on it looking over the water and cheers will probably move there too. And I'll be a bodyguard.
1: <laughs> I agree. I'm I'm Frank. Anytime, anytime you want to make that move, just let me know.
0: <laughs> Look, I'm glad that we're not. Look, trust me. There's so many distractions. I always talk about distractions, right? I talk about family. I talk about tickets. I talk about distractions. And right now I'm glad that we, even though our scenario right now is not great. I'm glad that we're going to Cleveland though. Because it's not, it's, it can be a really, it's a workman's like mentality when you go to Cleveland because the weather's bad and you don't have any distractions. All you have is airport, hotel, stadium, airport, back to Rock Phoenix, and roll museum.
1: It's the home of duct tape.
0: Duct tape?
1: It's Lake Erie. It might catch fire, but <laughs> it still exists. You know.
0: I agree. <laughs> So, it's, this is this. I'm, I'm that news right there being in Cleveland. Look, if you're a fan and I'm a player, if I'm a player, that's where I want to be. I want to be playing Cleveland. I don't want to, I don't want me and JV going to LA right now. And he has, you that. Don't wanna, you, know, you has, don't want
2: me unleashed with my manscaped on the streets of LA. <laughs>
0: but. I don't, because I know right now you're going to get rubbed down all day. And that's, 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 <laughs> I'm going to have to fight him off you. So, I don't want that problem. I don't want that problem. You know what
2: I think, I think it's time to end the show. Is what I
1: think. <laughs> well, do you want to end? On, yeah, I'm already laughing, but do you want to end on something fun? I got yes. this for you guys. Sure. Yes. All right. Uh Shane, if you could throw up the picture of Miles Garrett's front yard. He decorated for Halloween with all the quarter the tombstones of quarterbacks that the Browns are gonna face this year. And Kyler Murray is right in the middle there. You see it's Murray a ba- it's one. a baby
2: tombstone.
1: I know it's a baby tombstone. You know that's know. a
0: slap in the face by itself, that baby tombstone.
1: You think that's on Shitty
0: purpose? <laughs> Yet, as a former player, and that was me, I think that is hella fire right there as a baby tombstone.
1: (laughs) There is like there is a part of me that's like, oh, that's like that's bulletin board material. But then, you know what? That's just funny. Like that's absolutely funny. funny.
0: (laughs) That's funny. Every player has to have some sense of humor. But him recognizing, look, that's what he does. You know what I mean? He's a defensive end. All he wants to do is sack quarterbacks. All he wants to do is put quarterbacks, you know, on the sideline. And he makes no quorums about it. The guy's good at what he does. And honestly, that right there is hella funny just to me, just as a former player. But it would make me, or my attack. I would show my tackle that. I would definitely show my offensive line, look what he thinks about me. I think y'all need to handle that some kind of way. $10,000 for somebody to do something that, I, you know, Ooh. off the top. You got to have that conversation. Sometimes you got to put, sometimes you got to, Put respect on my name. Sometimes we gotta do that. Look at JV. He's like, I don't know.
1: Johnny's shaking <laughs> his head.
0: No comment.
2: <laughs> no comment.
0: Look.
1: Cheers one last time, Frank. Cheers one last I don't time. You know. those,
2: what's my going glass on is empty.
1: <laughs> well, if you guys Shane, are sure
2: you get him home. <laughs> help him get home tonight, please. It's just She's water, bro.
0: Just wah wah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I I'm, I'm I may have I may have made up the vodka part. We have no idea what's in the, uh, the challenge that Frank is drinking. It could just be just water. So, cheers just, just to wah-wah. you, Frank. If you guys have not subscribed to our YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts or are not following us on social media, PHNX underscore sports. What are you doing? Click subscribe. Click follow. Get yourself a, a nice T-shirt like Frank's holding up, and we'll see you on Sunday. I'll be with you guys uh, pre-game for our tailgate show and post-game from the stadium and. Uh, it should be an interesting one see you guys
0: see. So-